G'day everybody and welcome to episode five of the Rare and Resilient One in Five Thousand podcast. It's a very special one today. We've got a mum from Texas and her son Blake, who's seven years old, nearly eight, who was born with IA, and his twin brother Austin. And they're all everyone's gonna have a talk or read their story. So first of all, I think we better start with Blake. Okay, Blake, you want to read your story, mate? My name is Blake. I was born different. I have had eight surgeries. I do not know when I have to go to the bathroom. I do the wishy-washy every night. Sometimes I cry because it hurts. Kids at school have made fun of me. My brother always sits with me and supports me. Blake, Dylan, Ellison, seven years old. Oh, well done, Blake. That was fantastic. Very proud of you, mate. And now we're going to get Austin to read his story. No, it's a pleasure. Here's Austin. Can I go? Yep. My brother Blake has tummy problems. I sit next to him when he does the wishy-washy. I go to the doctor with him. I hold his hand and cheer for him. After Blake's spinal cord surgery, I brought him balloons. He's my best friend. Well done. I'm so proud of the both of you. You're going to be so famous. You're the first two boys to speak on the podcast. How about that? (laughs) Yeah, we're going to be famous. (laughs) You're already famous. You're already famous, mate. Okay, and now we're going to get Blake and Austin's mum. Here's Amanda, and she's going to read her story, which is story number 76 page 158 of the book. Thanks, Amanda. A is for Austin, B is for Blake, C is for colostomy. This is the story of Blake, my sweet, kind, sassy, and goofy IA warrior. To understand Blake's journey, we have to start before he was born because Blake is a not so identical, identical twin. When I was around eight weeks pregnant, my doctor said, Let me show you what I'm looking at here. She turned the screen and there they were. Two little babies, two tiny heartbeats. Around 16 weeks, we learned that baby A and baby B were boys and they were starting to show a discordance in size. At 20 weeks, the official diagnosis was in. The boys had twin to twin transfusion syndrome, a rare and serious condition that occurs when twins share a placenta. Abnormal blood vessel connections had formed and baby B, Blake, the donor, was sending his fluid and nutrients to baby A, Austin, the recipient. At 27 weeks, concerns were growing about Blake. He was much smaller than his brother was. Anything over a 20% size discrepancy is extremely dangerous for both babies. Did you know you're having contractions? Sonographer asked. I looked at her surprised. Uh, I'm having what? I assumed that contractions were the kinds of thing that sent women into fits of screaming rage or at the very least caused one to stop in their tracks and think, hey, this isn't right. But my abdomen felt tight, uncomfortable. I assumed it was just normal. They had me go to another room to monitor the contractions. Everyone seemed shocked that I didn't feel anything. And when my doctor viewed the report, 
I was sent immediately to the hospital. After three days of intense medications, no food and little sleep, the maternal fetal specialist came to check on us. Within a few minutes, she said it was time. Blake's heart rate had dropped dangerously low. The babies needed to come out. Less than 30 minutes later, two itty bitty munchkins entered the world. The nurses whisked both boys to another room where they began to resuscitate them. Austin came out first. He was in a plastic box and isolate. He was two pounds, nine ounces, or 1,162 grams, and was breathing on his own with the aid of a CPAP machine. Labor and delivery comments for little Blake indicate that he was born at two pounds, three ounces, or 982 grams, and say things like no initial respiratory effort, became apneic when attempted to place CPAP prongs, copious hypopharyngeal secretion suctions, and sluggish response to initial intubation. While it felt like it took a lifetime for all this to occur, I imagine that it was all less than 15 minutes. Blake's APGAR score increased from three to nine in a span of 10 minutes, and he was a wheel away in his little plastic box. For the next week, I watched the boys in their isolates. They looked like tiny plucked chickens with strawberry blonde hair and red skin. So many machines, constant beeps and alarms, nurses whizzing by, hearts racing, sighs of relief. On day seven, everything changed again. When we called to check on the boys before heading to the hospital, the nurse explained that something was wrong with Blake. He had not yet passed stool. The nurse attempted a glycerin suppository and was unable to pass a rectal probe. The nurse used phrases like, there was nowhere for the probe to go, rectal dimple, and lack of anal opening. I had never heard of this, but it was the second time in a week that my life would change forever. I had no idea what this meant. And for the first time in 10 days, I cried uncontrollably. When we arrived at the hospital, doctors confirmed that Blake had an imperforate anus. They could not say much more. He would have to be transferred to a different hospital down the street. A special ambulance, the Teddy Bear Transport, showed up within the hour. The team consisted of neonatal nurses, paramedics, and respiratory therapists. They carefully unhooked Blake from all of his current machines and reconnected him to their own. I stood there completely helpless as I watched everything they were doing and looked over at Austin safe in his own isolate. My mind was spinning with despair. How would I be a good mommy to two babies in different hospitals? At nine days old, Blake had his first surgery and the pediatric general surgeon was unable to locate a fistula or abnormal passage. While it was obvious that Blake had no anus and that his rectum was not going to the right place, they couldn't identify with confidence where it was going. Blake was just too small for a safe repair and he was given a colostomy. Are you ready to hold Blake? The nurse asked. Heck yeah, 
<laughs> my tiny tot was 12 days old and two days post-op. The nurses and respiratory therapists helped to move Blake into my arms, onto my chest, and down into my shirt. Just like a baby kangaroo in his mother's pouch, he snuggled up against my beating heart. For a little while, all was right in the world. I sang softly a little song that I made up right there and that I still sing to him today. You're my little Blake. You're as sweet as a piece of cake and I love you. Yes, I love you. You're my baby boy. You bring mama so much joy and I love you. Yes, I love you. Blake joined his brother at home after 81 days in the NICU. While navigating being a first time mom to twins, I also became a colostomy nurse. I had researched all of the tricks and tips to keep Blake's skin healthy and to create a good seal on the pouch. But if it was going to leak, it never failed to do so in the middle of the night. Baths in the dark at 2 a.m followed by new attempts at getting the colostomy pouch to stick were commonplace. At six months old, Blake weighed enough for his PSARP surgery. When we met with the surgeon afterwards, we learned that Blake has high IA. His rectum was attached to his urethra and there was almost no muscle tone or nerve response. This was the first time that we heard the term worst case scenario. The surgeon explained that Blake would likely never have bowel control and might have urinary issues. For three months, I would do daily rectal dilations to help stretch the anal opening that his surgeon created. It is amazing the things you learn to do as an IA parent that you did not know even existed before this became your life. At nine months old, Blake had his colostomy takedown. I can still hear his little screams from the first time he had a bowel movement. I was both horrified and overjoyed. We were entering a new phase of the journey. Once Blake could poop, that's basically all he did. Unlike many IA warriors who battle constipation, Blake is hypermobile. He just kept pooping. I would go through 15 to 20 diapers a day trying to keep his skin clean and dry but he still ended up with horrific rashes and wounds. I had to make my own wipes with only water because even the all natural and sensitive brands would lead to a blood curdling scream when I tried to wipe him. We started seeing wound care specialists who helped me find special skin barriers and ointments to protect his degrading skin. Blake also developed a mucosal prolapse that served to amplify the skin irritations. He had an anoplasty done at about 18 months old to repair the prolapse. And thankfully he has yet to have problems with this again. When the boys were two years old, we moved to the Rio Grande Valley in South Texas. One of the most impoverished communities in the nation, it is nearly impossible to find any pediatric specialists let alone doctors who are experts at treating this type of condition. I settled on a pediatric gastroenterologist who knew little about IA and chose to put Blake on a modium for his hypermobility. While this helped tremendously, it was only a band-aid for his problems. 
When he was three years old, the doctor had the nerve to lecture me because he was not potty trained, yet her solution to his condition was that he would simply wear diapers for the rest of his life. Extremely frustrated, we walked out and never went back. After researching other options, I decided on a hospital closer to our new home. Although it was a six hour round trip drive, it was far preferable to being alone with two toddlers waiting three hours in an overcrowded waiting room for a doctor who had shown no real interest in helping Blake. At the new hospital, we saw a wonderful gastroenterologist. Unfortunately, she still had little experience in treating children like Blake. She recommend, recommended an amazing physical therapist who specializes in helping children cope with bowel and bladder issues. Although Blake loved to visit and play with his new therapist, it took him over a year to allow her to place electrodes on his bottom and belly so that he could practice using his muscles through a video game. She taught him different tricks to help him on the potty and suggested that we see one of the physician's assistants in urology who was treating children with IA using a special enema system called Paristine. Everything drastically changed once we started seeing someone new in urology. Blake had MRIs, urodynamic studies, kidney ultrasounds, abdominal x-rays, and barium enema x-rays. Although the hospital frowned upon it, Austin came along to every appointment for moral support. He was Blake's cheerleader when it came time for a blood draw or the jelly belly. It took Blake's months to recover from the emotional trauma of the barium enema x-ray. I almost wish I had recorded it because my little boy turned into the incredible Hulk once they inserted the enema catheter and taped it to his skin. We needed six adults to hold him down to the table while he screamed and cried, windmilling his arms through the air. The MRI and examination revealed that Blake had a, had a tethered spinal cord with fatty lipoma, as well as an undescended testicle. At four years, Blake had his sixth surgery, an orchiopexy to repair the testicle. At this time, the neurosurgeon overseeing Blake's case was not recommending that we repair the tethered spinal cord because he was asymptomatic. The idea of waiting for Blake to show symptoms related to the tethered cord that may be irreversible did not sit well. He was starting to have more bladder accidents at school plus leg pains, and I sought out a second opinion. During spring break of his kindergarten year, Blake had a laminoplasty to release the tethered cord. He stayed in the hospital for four days and was home for school for three weeks. It was very difficult for him to be away from his brother, teacher, and friends for so long. Currently, Blake is an active second grader who is a member of a youth triathlon team, as well as the local swim club. He does high volume enemas every 24 to 36 hours to stay clean and takes medication for bladder control. He's finally out of pull-ups and wears special underwear. Sometimes he throws them away, which drives mommy crazy. He has good days and bad, and days that he refuses to do his washout. But he's encouraged to advocate for himself, and his treatment is always up to him. My greatest con concern for Blake is not medical, but knowing that he will always have this condition as both a financial and emotional burden. 
For now, those burdens are mostly mine to bear. Blake Dillon, you are our hero. And because of you, I believe in miracles. And there's mummy and Blake having a big hug right now. <laughs> I'm sure you're very, very proud of your mummy, Blake, for all what she does for you. How do you feel, Amanda, after reading it? Um, good. I, I read it before we met so that I could get any emotions out. Nice. Blake, do you know we are very much alike? We both have a special tummy. And when I was your age, I was doing wishy-washy just like you. What did he say? He used to do the wishy-washy too. So you, and, you and I are just like brothers, mate. Do you still do the wishy-washy? No, but I still have to take medication like pills. What was that, Austin? I missed that part. So it doesn't last forever? The, doing the wishy-washy. The wishy-washy doesn't last forever. No, they didn't for me. But we'll just have to see. Everybody's different. So, Amanda, do you want to just, since you wrote the story, looks about six months ago now, how's Blake been and what's the latest? Um, he's doing well. Uh, so we do have to do the wishy-washy every day. Um, on Friday, we take a break. And so he gets to skip it and relax. That's kind of his special little thing. So on Saturdays, we usually have to do it a little bit earlier um, just to help them out. So we actually did it right before um, this chat. Um, he definitely doesn't like it, obviously. Um, but he knows, right, that it allows him to do the things that he loves, like swimming. Helped him out a lot at school. He doesn't have accidents anymore. Unfortunately, right now, we're uh, having a battle with insurance. I'm having a difficult time getting him new supplies and we're having to reuse them. Uh, I hear all these horror stories about the American health system with insurance and things like that. It's just incredible what you have to deal with. So what's the what's happened with the supplies? So um, basically there's just there's one manufacturer um, for the enema system. And I guess the way that it works that the manufacturer only distributes to one supply company in the state. I don't know if other states have multiple companies, but in Texas, there's only one company. Um, and they were recently bought out and merged. And so my insurance now considers them out of network. Um, and so I haven't been able to order the supplies. They are yes. working out a new contract, but it hasn't been resolved. Yes. That's just in, inconceivable to me. I just yeah. to have like how important they are for Blake's welfare and for other kids. And it's just incredible. I can't yeah, it's believe been it. really hard. Um, fortunately, I had a lot stored up because last year during lockdown and when they weren't going to school, we weren't doing it every day. So I would do it every other day, but I was still ordering it monthly. So I had the supplies for every day. Um, I was giving him a break. He was having accidents, but it didn't matter because we were home. So we just, you know, dealt with it and took care of it. Um, so I had a bunch, but I have not been able to order since February. Um, so now we're at the point of reusing them. That's so, I don't know what to say. Um, that's it. When the lockdown was happening, how did you find it? with Blake 
how did he find having the break from doing the enema every couple of days? Did even though he was having the accidents at home, it wasn't at school. Did you find how did it affect him emotionally? Was he a lot more relaxed or not as tense or anxious? Oh, for sure. No, he was definitely happy not having to do it. Um, when we had to go back to doing it every day, I had to, you know, kind of work with him on a reward system again to build him back up um, to doing it daily. So we would have like a an allowance where he would get money for video games every weekend to encourage him to do it every day. Yeah, and it must be hard being seven now. It's different when you're you was a lot younger and with Austin not having to go through it, but it sounds like they have an incredible relationship and Austin's there for him all the time. Mm-hmm. And, but he knows, I mean, it's, it's hard and it's sad, but uh, now that more kids are coming back to school, there was this one kid who used to pick on him last year for wearing pull-ups and he was in the bathroom with that little boy and the, that child saw that he was wearing underwear and I think said something to him not really mean. I mean, they're little, they don't, yeah. you know, they're only seven, so they don't understand. Um, no. and Blake, Blake just kind of ignores them and didn't really say anything to the kid, but I think that helps him want to keep doing it because yep. it, he know he does know that it makes him more normal. Yep. Oh, look, I know when I was his age, I was the smelly kid at school and I was having accidents and it's it's very difficult, but I know myself, all I wanted to do was feel normal. And mm-hmm. by doing the animas and you can go through days without having accidents, that's that's a bonus, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And how are you coping with it all now? You've been through a rough trot by read, listening to the story and reading the story and by talking to you. I know it's been a battle at times. How are you coping? Um, I'm good. I, I mean, it's, it's hard having to put him through that every day, knowing that he doesn't want it and sometimes having to battle with him a little bit, but it's definitely crazy how far we've come. I read this and obviously it's very emotional, but I can't believe like how much progress we've made and that we, you know, do have a system and a solution that's working for us because there was a time there that I thought, you know, we wouldn't. Um, I really thought like, the answer was just, he's going to be in diapers um, forever. So it's good to know that we have something that helps him. That's great. I know people listening to this might um, ask this question. Have you considered him alone, the ACE? Has that been brought up in in any discussions so far? We have, and it was um, after, probably after he had the PSARP surgery, and, and the surgeon realized how bad it was. Um, he had mentioned it even then. So Blake was only six months old. Um, and he had told us, you know, he's going to need this one day. And so, of course, I researched it and stuff. But then kind of the longer we went without it, at this point, I'd really like it for it to be his decision. Yes, yes. Um, I, totally understand I don't think that. he's old enough to make that decision. And I know if I told him he was going to have surgery and it's your decision, of course, he'd say no. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Yes. Even if it took away the wishy-washy component, he would be like, um, absolutely not. So I don't know. I mean, I think it's something we'll talk to him about again in a few years as he gets older. Uh, I- it's an option now that wasn't available many years ago. And so mm-hmm. at least there's options for him going forward. And 
and takes the pressure off yourself as well and the emotional trauma of what the both of you have to go through when you do it. Yeah, I will say with dealing with the insurance and not being able to get his supplies, like I, I told my sister one day, I was like, well, you know what, we're just going to get them alone and we're going to do surgery and they're going to have to pay for that. Like they won't, they don't want to pay for his non-surgical medical treatment and we're just going to go have surgery. We're not going to do that, of course. But in my anger, I thought, okay, well, that's what we're going to do. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I just can't wrap my head around for four months, not being able to get these supplies. It's just insanity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, obviously we're not the only ones, anyone else in Texas who has this same insurance that I do is having the same problem. Um, I've asked on different social media platforms for people, if their children weren't using this anymore, if I could get their supplies. Um, but I haven't found anyone who just has old supplies. So I have people yep. who are using it and they're like, well, I'll send you some. And I'm like, well, I don't want to take your child's stuff if they're still using it. Um, yep. Have you, ha, have you gone going through your, your medical team, your doctors in the hospital? Have they been able I to do did, any approaches? Um, I did. All they could do was send another prescription, another request. Um, and then unfortunately they're the ones who are basically telling me to wash them and reuse them. The problem is some days they're harder to clean than others, but the balloon doesn't inflate as well every time you reuse it. So I still only get like two or three today. I used it for the third time. Um, but it starts not blowing up as well. And then the water leaks out. It's just not. Yeah. Uh, look, we'll talk offline on this, but see if we can do something because and as i say it's not just yourself there's be so many other iarm families in texas who would be going Mm -hmm. through the same issues so we'll see what we can do but it's been wonderful talking to you blake and austin full of admiration for what you've had to go through and to see how the boys are such happy smiling active kids it's just it's wonderful and it's going to give so much hope to so many parents of little boys or little girls to just starting the journey now to see that you can make it through, even though it's difficult at times, but you can go to school, you can do all the sports and long you've got the right network behind you. So it's been Absolutely. a pleasure, Amanda. Thank you so much. Thanks, Amanda. Bye-bye. Of course. Bye-bye.